0: Welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. I'm your host, Carmen LeBurge, joined for uh, our weekly conversation with Bill English. Bill has so many letters after his name that we could just have like an alphabet soup conversation one day. He's got an MA, an MDiv, an LP, a CPB, PM, which, of course, only means something to those of you who took that class. He's also a qualified, qualified neutral pastor. What does that mean? All right, let's start there. Bill English, what does it mean to be qualified neutral? <laughs>
1: Uh, that's Minnesota's jargon for uh, a mediator nice that's okay that's what Minnesota calls a mediator they call them neutrals so i love it, that you're a you know, qualified neutral
0: I, I don't know i don't know that's a that's a that's a curiosity uh, so fri- friends can find uh, can find bill at bibleandbusiness.com so can we start by talking about the fact that uh, for the first time ever, the United States of America now has $22 trillion in debt? Let's just talk about debt in general. Um, and, and from your perspective, you know, debt is a good or a bad thing?
1: Uh, this kind of debt's a bad thing because we're stealing. Uh, really, we're stealing the uh, wealth of future generations and we're spending it on our party. And uh, there, there's no excuse for this. If, if we wanna have all these social programs, we wanna have Medicare, Medicaid, all this stuff, then this generation ought to pay for its use of that program. And past generations should have paid for their use of those programs. Now, but what we're doing is that we're taking our kids and grandkids and great grandkids' wealth, we're taking their wealth, spending it on ourselves. I, I fully expect at some point in the future uh, that the younger generations will rise up and call us greedy and selfish and other things like that, and they will be justified in doing so.
0: So, Bill, explain to us why we can't just print more money to solve that problem. Because I, that's what yeah. I hear young people say: like that's not a problem. We just, you know, it's like my credit card. I just get a bigger, you know, I just get my increase, you know, spending limit increased, and I just keep paying. Uh, I just keep paying that. You know, whatever that minimum payment is. Tell us why both of those are bad ideas, why we can't just keep printing money and why continuing to simply increase our spending limit and paying the minimum are bad ideas.
1: Well, bad ideas. Well, this is what Cortez said, right, about her green program. We would just have the Treasury finance it if we didn't have enough money. Uh, look, the, the printing of money, the more dollars you have chasing the same amount of goods, the more you're going to have inflation, especially if you can give velocity on those dollars. So uh, you're going to, as, as you print more and more money, each dollar becomes worth less and less. And so uh, a, bread, a loaf of bread today might cost. I'm just going to guess, you know, four dollars. I don't know what they cost. I I never shop, right? Um, you you and tomorrow. and whoever
0: it was that was criticized for not knowing what a box of Cheerios cost. There you go. You're you're right there know. with Jeff Bezos. I, I think. Yeah, it's okay. Am I?
1: Yeah, I. I don't I, know either. Don't know. So
0: it's okay. I mean, I'm the grocery shopper, and I didn't know the the answer to that question either. So there you go. We're we're back to a loaf of bread.
1: Okay. But the problem is, as each dollar becomes worth less and less, the dollars in your savings accounts also becomes worth less and less. The buying power of what you have saved becomes less and less. And as a result, you have to save more and more to have less and less value. And so you, the last thing you want to be doing here is pumping a bunch of money into the economy. Look, we've already done that. In 2007, the Federal Reserve's balance sheet was only had about $800 million on it. And today it has over $5 trillion on it. That's how much during the Obama years and part of the um, – of Trump years now, we just pumped money into the economy to create liquidity so that our economy just wouldn't fall flat on its face. And look, uh, Donald Trump is as big, if not bigger, of a spender than Obama was. And I I really uh, get frustrated with the conservative groups who are complaining about the debt under Obama, and you haven't heard boo from them under Trump this is not right. This debt is going to implode. And when our economy implodes, it's going to be, it's going to make 2008-9 look like a walk in the park. It really will. It's going to be very, very difficult.
0: So if you're interested in this topic, um, and I think everybody should be, you should go to bibleandbusiness.com and over on the left, click on, uh, click on, there's a a big word that says debt. And if you click on that, it's going to take you to an article that Bill posted (laughs) Uh, back in November of 2018, so I recognize that you know this is now February of 2019, but that's not really that long ago. So all you have to do is, is, is sort of uh, move these numbers forward slightly. But he actually goes into explaining <laughs> all of this and gives us the details related to debt. And um, and I really feel like this article equips us for conversations that we need to be having today. Uh, as Christians in the culture, so um, Bill, let's um, let's pause for just a moment, and then let's come back and talk about the business leadership lessons that we can all learn from football, uh, having just passed the Super Bowl. You are listening to Mornings with Carmen. I'm Carmen Laburge, and I'll be right back with Bill English. Welcome back to Mornings with Carmen. I'm your host, Carmen LeBurge, continuing my discussion with Bill English. You can check it out at bibleandbusiness.com. Hey, Bill, let's talk about the leadership lessons that we can all learn from football. Fill us in.
1: Yeah, Vince Lombardi once said the achievements of an organization are the result of the combined efforts of each individual. That's true not only on a football team, or a basketball team it's also true in business uh, when you have the combined efforts and you have everybody working uh, across what I call the core value process the the process that a company uses to create value for its customers the customers are willing to pay for it. when people are working in that and they're working well in it the organization is going to uh, succeed uh, to the extent that the process is fat it's kludgy it's not well understood it uh, has a lot of steps that don't add value, then the organization is going to be injured, get hampered, and maybe even fail. So that was one uh, one quote that uh, I read in this article. The article, by the way, for those who want to know, is from a, a company called Intermedia News, and it was published uh, just on January 25th, Three le- three business leadership lessons we can all learn from football. So I thought this would be an interesting article to reference today.
0: Absolutely. And Michael Gold is the author. And number two is, it's not the will to win, but the will to prepare to win that makes the difference. Now, that's a quote from Bear Bryant. Tell us what that's talking about.
1: Well, the preparation always precedes winning, always precedes success. Success rarely comes to an individual who just uh, has the natural abilities uh, to be to do something well or or to succeed at something. Uh, You almost always have to prepare. Most of us, uh, at least if you're like me, you have to prepare really hard and long before you experience success. And so preparation uh, is really the key to uh, success in business. Now I I say, what does preparation look like in business? Well, uh, first of all, uh, it's obviously training training staff on software processes i 'll call it the soft skills of conflict resolution that kind of thing, uh, but it's also uh, your monthly coaching or your biweekly coaching feedbacks for the people who are your direct reports. Uh, we do not at at the company that i'm that I'm the CEO of this turnaround that i've been doing now for i don't know thirteen months. Um, We don't do annual performance reviews, we do bi-weekly coaching sessions, and that way people get immediate feedback on their performance and we can make and tweak adjustments on what they need, resources they need, maybe um, places that they're placing their focus, that kind of thing. We can make those adjustments right away, and uh, we're, we're seeing some real success with that. I also think part of preparation is staying up on the industry news, the changes, the innovations that are going on in your industry, maybe regulatory compliance changes. You gotta stay up on all that stuff in order to be uh, really well prepared. By the way, uh, going back to the debt for just a moment, when our economy does implode at some point in the future, which I really believe that it will because of our debt, the church is gonna have a unique opportunity for ministry. But the church will only be as effective as it can be in that situation if the church is not uh, weighed down by the same debt that our culture is weighed down by. So I think part of the church's preparation for the future is to teach its lay people how to stay out of debt as much as possible. And then also how to be giving hospitable people towards those who are going to need it, even if the hospitality is given to people who created the problems for themselves. And so that's, okay. those are some thoughts on the preparation piece.
0: Well, yes, which leads me to say, as a as a writer, you and I should come up with like a church preppers thing because you know that'd be popular.
1: <laughs>
0: Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Can okay, you we're, imagine we're totally the, the, we're totally doing that. We're totally doing that. Okay, so there's a third one here. I don't believe in – team. this is a Tom Landry quote. I don't believe in team motivation. I believe in getting a team prepared. Well, we just talked about preparation. So have we already covered this one, and I kind of missed it?
1: Well, no, but it says – so the part that I was picking up on this quote was, if if you finish it, I believe in getting a team prepared so it knows it will have the necessary confidence – Mm-hmm. when it steps on the field, right? And it's that confidence piece I was picking up on there. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of organizations do not know or do not have the confidence that if they are given a certain set of problems, that they'll be able to fix them. But the really highly mature, well-prepared ones, they know over time through experience that that no matter what comes their way, they will figure out a way to solve that problem and move past it. That kind of confidence is born in the furnace of having to go through more difficult and more difficult circumstances and yet emerge successful at the other end.
0: So, Bill, um, if as a radio person I could add uh, a fourth one here, and I would love to be able to communicate this, like, right, this this whole concept of a two-minute drill you're really good at it. Like you, you understand that the the nature of radio is conversation or dialogue and there should be this back and forth. And so the two minute drill really is I should get my thoughts together in such a way that I can deliver them in less than two minutes in order that the other person in the conversation has an opportunity to engage as well. And I think that's true in leadership. Oftentimes I feel like leaders are lecturing instead of recognizing that they ought to be able to sum it up in a couple of minutes and then really allow for genuine communication that's back and forth?
1: Leadership is like officiating a basketball game, if you ask me. I'm a a basketball official. One of the things that they tell us in official schools is that you're not the focus of the game. You're there to make the game work well. I think good leaders... should not be the focus of the organization. They empower others so that the organization is focused around the employees rather than the leadership.
0: So that probably blows some people's minds today, Um, and I think that's good, (laughs) right? I mean, that's a really good challenge. That's a good challenge about humility. It's a good challenge about recognizing uh, that each and every one of us is simply a part of the body, that we are uh, designed to grow up individually into Christ in order that the whole body might Work together properly to to do the things in the world that God has uh, created, called, and then redeemed us to do. So I, I love all of that. Uh, friends, you can check out what Bill is writing about at biblesandbusiness.com. Uh oh, did I put an S in there? It's bibleandbusiness.com. Don't put an S in there. I don't know where that will take you. Um, and then the, the um, conversation piece that we've been using today is actually posted at intermedia.net. And it's written by their chief executive officer, and his name is Michael Gold. And that is three business leadership lessons we can all learn from football. Bill English, I look forward to talking with you again next week. Me too. Thanks, Carmen. Absolutely. You are listening to uh, Mornings with Carmen. I am your host, Carmen LaBurge.